there's this ongoing conversation about diagnoses and pathology and, and you know there's sometimes it gets really uncomfortable to talk about curing autism or you know that's exactly it they're exactly perfect the way they are their, their brain is just shaped differently to the average human being and that is totally fine if a child is behaving in a way that is difficult or challenging in a classroom it's because they need something And I've worked in schools and I know that they're, you know, everybody there, <laughs> most people there are overworked and overtired and tr just trying to do the best they can in the really limited amount of time they've got for those students. Um, but yeah, they're, they're not the right place for everybody. Because remember, when a student is being difficult to the point where they're removed from a classroom, what they're saying is, I can't do this. I need help. Something really bad is going on or something I feel is really bad is going on in my life. And I need you to help me because you're an adult. Do you mind just going into a little bit more about what empathy and education means to you? It means showing up with love, I think, which is a word we're a bit scared of sometimes. Hello and welcome to the Qualified Tutor Podcast, the podcast that brings you the latest in the world of tutoring, edtech and education, and hopefully inspires in you the big change that each and every one of us is capable of. Qualified Tutor is an industry-leading tutor training organisation and online tutoring community for hundreds of tutors around the world. This podcast is the voice of this community, where we aim to hear from tutors, teachers, entrepreneurs, coaches, business experts, students, and more from the world of tutoring about what inspires them every day, how they can help tutors like you, and what they've learned about tutoring along the way. The question is, what will you learn today? Welcome to this episode of the Qualified Tutor Podcast. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to all our listeners, and a big welcome to Jack Simmons. Jack, this is not your first time actually on the QT podcast, but it is your first time as the sole guest. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I'm feeling. <laughs> um, many of you will know Jack Simmons. Uh, he is ever present in the QT community. He is a wonderful QT training facilitator. Um, and if you ever have a problem, then he is the man to go to uh, for your needs. So, um, I would say that, uh, having Jack on today is, is not our typical, uh, QT podcast guest because Jack is uh, a member of, of our QT team here, but that's why today's, uh, episode is going to give you guys the greatest insight into how we roll here, how we roll as a team here. So Jack, you were just telling me about your, the book you've been reading, Adolescent Brains. Yes. Let's start with a little book club start. How's that, how's that book been? Yeah, really good. So I discovered uh, Dan Siegel through my old singing teacher who I spoke about at the um, Love Teaching Festival. And um, he's really fascinating. He's a psychotherapist, psychologist, American guy, um, dad with two teenagers, um, and he focuses on the adolescent brain. And the book is kind of the... I haven't finished it yet, <laughs> but it's basically about how the adolescent brain develops which by the way is from 12 to 24 um so and how those changes affect our behavior and how we can support adolescents 
um, going through those changes because contrary to popular belief, they don't lose control because they're flooded with hormones. The actual physical structure of their brain is changing. Um, so yeah, very interesting stuff. God, I can't wait till you finish the book. <laughs> in which case, at which point you'll be a master at this. Um, <laughs> so Jack, when, when Jack and I were planning this podcast, Jack said to me, look, I don't want to talk about myself. I want to talk about you know, the things I've done, my experiences as a tutor. So I'm not going to give Jack some a big introduction. We're going to dive straight in because hopefully you guys will get to know Jack through his wonderful answers, the, the, the work he does as a tutor for Nudge Education uh, and the work he's done in the past. So Jack, you know what's coming next. You know the first question. Uh, and so do you regular listeners out there. Thank you for tuning in every week after week. It's amazing um, hearing you following. And, and of course, as you'll, you'll hear at the end of the podca podcast, we have a, a qualified tutor podcast group within the QT community, the link to which is in, is in, will be in the show notes below. So that's where you can find out about the QT podcast after this, get to know us a little bit more, ask some questions, that kind of thing. But that first question, Jack, is what is your why as a tutor? Um, in a really short sentence, it's uh, it just makes me feel so much better about myself. Um, and to kind of expand on that, I have worked in and around education for most of my kind of um, adult life. And when before I started, so I've been working with Nudge for like just under a year. And before I was working with them, I'd been doing a lot less education and a lot more music. And I wasn't in a very good place. I mean, I saw this advert online that was, you know, we've got some really challenging students here who are, who are finding life really difficult. Can you help? And I thought that, you know, I used to work with um, looked after kids and stuff like that it, within um, a school setting. So I thought, yeah, why not? I can do that. Um, and I found that by kind of giving and, and being useful, um, I felt a lot better in myself. So that's why I do it. Great. So, so how long have you been at Nudge for now? Since just before Christmas and it's now September. So 10 months, 10 months and about probably the same number of kids, I reckon. I, I haven't had maybe slightly less, maybe eight kids in the last 10 months. Um, some for really, um, so basically we do background information this is what's difficult about talking to you Ludo because you already know but for context um, Nudge Education work with chronically disengaged students um, so that's students who by the time I meet them they've usually been out of education for probably a year um, out of formal education um, and they might be unable to attend school because of their mental health because of um, you know some kind of event that's happened in their life any reason really um, and it's our job to go in there and to get to know the kid and to support them transitioning onto, um, you know, a, a life that's worth living. And whether that's returning to education or, or going to um, a different, you know, an apprenticeship, a job, further, whatever, you know, whatever they need, that's what we're there for. So it's really varied. So some kids I've been working with for like a five week, really intense period where I've seen them nearly every day for five weeks. And for some kids, it's once a week over months or you know um, I've got three kids at the moment and they're all looks like they're probably going to be with me for an academic year which is you know security and stability which is unusual <laughs> for me anyway. So what have you learned about yourself about your own tutoring ability over the last 10 months obviously you've learned so much about the students that you've worked with but can you give us a little insight into what you've learned about about your own tutoring? Um, I need to be challenged 
you know um i find it really i i i move around a lot and i've realized over the course of working with all these students that it's because i need to be on on a new thing most of the time um to to keep myself interested i have books that i've half read and books that i've finished and podcasts that i you know i'm developing uh, developing my understanding of things um all the time and so yeah having having a new challenge all the time is a really helpful way for for me to stay interested in in kind of where i am and instead of just wandering off and doing something entirely different so does that help you connect to some of the students you work with because you work with neurodiverse students is that right yeah i work with students who um have a range of um different labels i guess um and yeah learning about them is fascinating so i was really lucky to be working with um with jessica rutherford who's probably maybe nearly a doctor now um she's uh one of the fasd specialists fasd is fetal alcohol spectrum disorder and a former guest on this and a former guest yes they joined the podcast Yeah. yeah, wonderful. Um, so I worked with her and that, that was amazing because I learned so much um, with them. And at the moment, I'm, my focus is more on autism, the autism spectrum and um, supporting students with those needs. But yeah, it gives me an opportunity to really understand. Not It's not really about understanding the condition. That's I'll throw that out the window. It's really about understanding um, how how a student interacts with the world and how we expect them as you know neurotypical people people who are not on a a list um <laughs> you know how we expect them to fit into our way of thinking and actually how how can i support them by giving them skills and tools to help them cope with our demands but also how can i help educate the the people around them uh, to to you know make make the world a more comfortable place for them to just be themselves in. So it's, it's, it's a lot more about adapting the things that are there to support the student rather than trying to squash the student back into a hole. Which, which might be an accusation leveled up at the school system, mightn't it? You know. It might be, yeah, and and it's not it's not really it's not really about teachers or you know or anyone who I've you know and I've worked in schools and I know that they're you know everybody there <laughs> most people there are overworked and overtired and tr- just trying to do the best they can in the really limited amount of time they've got for those students, um, but yeah, they're they're not the right place for everybody. Dylan, uh, Dylan William says. Um, nothing works for everybody and everything works for somebody, you know, and, and it's great that there are lots and lots of students who are really comfortable in the school system. But there are also lots and lots of students who are struggling to get by and whose situation has been exacerbated by the last two years, pretty much. Um, and they really, really need an understanding, supportive person to go in and be non-judgmental and then give them the help that they, that they want. Um, you know, no, no student wants to be, you know, left. No, no student wants to be bad. No young person wants to be difficult. You know, even if they seem like they do, they're, they're, they're only trying to meet their own needs in the best way that they know how to um, because they, don't, they, they haven't found another way to do it yet. Yeah. So you, you were talking there about how it's, it's not about trying to, you know, remedy their condition. It's about trying to understand how, they interact with the world what can we actually do as tutors or as specialists 
to do that? How, how do we get to know a student and how they interact with, with the world? Being really observant and, and dropping everything you know. You know, and Nina Jackson says labels, labels are for tins, which is so true, you know, and there is absolutely a place for diagnostic labeling in terms of getting the right support for students and all those kinds of things. But actually most, um, most students um, you know, display their differences in completely different ways. So, so really it's about looking at what the student is struggling with and then trying to find out why. Or if you can't find out why, you know, is there a, is there a really simple adjustment you can make that will support, support their learning, make it a bit easier? You know, for example, a really simple, simple change for a lot of students who struggle with reading is to just have a slightly off-white background because the black and white contrast is a bit dazzling, um, or, or, you know, for visually impaired students too. Um, you know, re- they're really tiny adaptations that we can make that, that make life easier for our students. And, and the other thing is to step away from just worrying about their diagnosis. So, you know, um, they're not, they don't need to be fixed. <laughs> yeah, there's... Um, there's this ongoing conversation about diagnoses and pathology and, you know, there's sometimes it gets really uncomfortable to talk about curing autism or, you know, that's exactly it. They're exactly perfect the way they are. Their, their brain is just shaped differently to the average human being. And that is totally fine. Um, and it's absolutely not our responsibility to fix anybody. You know, a, a student with dyslexia is going to live with dyslexia for their whole life. And it's not curable and it's not going to go away but as tutors we can support them with tools and skills to help them you know navigate the world more easily maybe it's that they need to figure out how to use their phone to help them with the reading maybe it's that they actually um just you know need to do a bit of dictation or have it or, or or have you know access to to books and literature that's in a font that's more easy for them to to read maybe they just need to do a bit less reading and a bit more listening to podcasts and watching youtube videos you know there there's so many ways to acquire knowledge now that don't rely on reading so it's all about upskilling giving tools rather than fixing problems was that a little insight into a into a jack simmons tutoring session then I mean, that's just my brain, honestly. <laughs> Constantly on. What? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot up here. <laughs> yeah, the words are coming out at a pretty standard rate, but Jack's brain right now is, yeah. If that was the podcast. <laughs> to join the growing number of qualified tutors, enroll now for the Level 3 Qualification for Tutors. This eight-week online facilitated course covers the roles and responsibilities involved in teaching and learning, with a particular focus on inclusion, assessment and feedback. Upon completion, you'll be awarded a level three in education and training from Ofqual recognised training provider Highfield Qualifications. You will also gain a qualified tutor quality mark, the independent quality mark for tutors. Whatever your starting point, a qualification for tutors has to be the next step. Enroll today at qualifiedtutor.org forward slash training. So uh, one thing that that's, um, you clearly feel is very important, that's something that, that you have experience in, is um, understanding, you've worked in the classroom before and, and, you, and, and you've been a tutor, so, so you understand that, that dynamic there. What, how does thinking 
putting ourselves in the in the in the shoes of a tutor, how does a tutor's role differ from that of a tutor in the area of kind of behavior management, in the area of, of understanding why and how children do things that they do? Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the first most obvious one, especially for those people who have worked in a, in a school and are now tutoring, is that you don't have like a system of punishments to fall back on. You know, you can't dole out detentions if a student decides that they're not going to do the thing that you want them to do today. So you have to be flexible. You know, you have to allow them to exercise a bit of autonomy because actually in school, they don't get a space to do that. And while we're on the subject of detentions, I mean, I'm just going <laughs> to hijack the podcast with the soapbox for a minute and say, you know, if a child is behaving in a way that is difficult or challenging in a classroom, it's because they need something. It's because they're having a really difficult time. And it probably isn't about you, even if they're swearing at you or, or shouting at you or whatever. And yeah, they probably need to be have a moment away from the classroom to come down but putting them into a detention especially now that detentions often are centralized says I can't deal with you I don't care about you you know taking a student who is escalated yeah they're in a state of high emotional distress because in front of all their friends who by the way their opinion is really important to to teenagers you know that the peer pressure is something they feel so keenly because they that because their limbic system is wild which is their kind of emotional center um so that there's a you know it's not easy for them to to lose it in front of their friends so then to take them off to a, a tower somewhere and then expect them to sit in silence, isolation. Yeah, it's it's inhumane. They're you know they're they're so struggling with that with their emotions at that moment. They need space to calm down. Yes, but to to expect them just to sit down and be quiet and get on with whatever they were struggling with before is a completely unreasonable ask. So, hopefully, as a tutor, you won't get to that space. Yeah, because unfortunately, in a class of thirty. To manage 30 students' emotions and academic attainment and, you know, whatever's gone on in the lesson before and to sort their ties out because they've just come to you from PE or, or whatever else it is that you've got to do. You know, you don't have those things to do as a tutor. So if your student does come in and they don't want to do the thing that you want them to do today, ask them how their day was. <laughs> Ask them what's going on. Ask them what they want to do. I was so inspired listening to Gavin McCormick the other day talking about, you know, we're going to talk about volcanoes and then you're going to tell me what you want to learn and then that's what we're going to do. Amazing. And we can do that as tutors. And, and, and you know, so hopefully those behaviour those behavior pressure points don't come up because when, when a student is starting to get agitated, you notice because you're sitting with them and, and you can change course or you can give them a break or you can play a little game or you can stand up and just you know, make gorilla noises and bang your chest and then sit back down again and you'll be okay. <laughs> you know, they'll have had a bit of a release. So I think that's the main difference. You know, we don't need to punish our students because we don't ever need to get to a point where they've done something that requires a sanction because we can respond to their needs much more um, rapidly because we're sitting next to them. Yeah. I think it comes back to empathy, doesn't it? Um, and and that seems to be not just the word of the moment, that seems to be kind of a, a solution to to the pressures of education, because there are a lot of pressure on, there is a lot of pressure on education, both from the student themselves, from their friends, from the parents, from their teachers, from the school system, from the kind of 
daunting prospect of jobs and careers depending on how old the student is um so I think that's something that I've heard from you so many times Jack and I've learned that so much as an educator in my own tutoring I've learned I hope I hope none of the well, actually, I do hope that the parents of the students I tutor are listening, but maybe they'll they'll write in and say that's not quite true. But you know, I do hope I've become a more empathetic learner just from just by listening to podcasts, listening to you. So, can you, rather than me trying to tell these listeners about what empathy means, do you mind just going into a little bit more about what empathy in education means to you? It means showing up with love, I think, which is a word we're a bit scared of sometimes. Um, because we don't talk about it and we're very, you know, very, it's very British thing to not talk about your feelings, but, you know, showing up with um, the understanding that the student is both doing the absolute best they can. So one of the things I say all the time is they can only be what they see. Yeah. If they're, if, if their response to challenge is to, you know, shut down completely and not say anything or to go the other way and start shouting and throwing things or whatever, you know, or anything in between, that's a learned behavior. Every we're all we're all out to meet our own needs. Yeah. Not in a not in a step over each other kind of way. You know, we all have needs and everything that we do is from our own perspective. So when a student's doing something that is difficult, it's not about you. And to be able to step back and go, okay, I see that you're really struggling. What do you need? I don't know. Well, okay, here are some options. How can I help you? Would you like some time out? Shall we go for a walk? You know, do you want to play a game for five minutes? Do you want to tell me what's bothering you? Um, but just understanding that the student is doing the best that they can from where they are and also that they can do better. Yeah. That just because they're where they are now doesn't mean that they're always going to have that reaction to that situation. And that, you know, you as a tutor are in a position to, to kind of hold space for them. Yeah, you're not you're not trying to to shift them. You're just giving them a comfortable space where they can have those feelings and then you can talk about them because maybe they don't get the opportunity to do that or, or maybe they do and you're just a part of that process. But empathy is is mostly about showing up with love. And um, I love, there's this amazing, amazing human being called Alok Vade Memnon and they are a, like a gender wonder person and they, they talk about love as showing up and doing better yeah showing up for the people that you care about and doing better and and so it kind of it can't it kind of points to the fact that you know there will be mistakes and there will be challenges and all of those things will happen but the intention is always to do better and to try and be better and and to learn from mistakes and that is ultimately the foundation of education is making mistakes and then trying to do it a bit differently next time so empathy really is the foundation of education in that you know, in that sense. Okay, so in, in the name of modelling effective teaching, uh -huh. if we want to teach our students through what we do, but also what we say in, in tutoring sessions and intervention sessions, that they should, in order to improve their education, they should try their best, make mistakes, learn from it, show up every time and do better, um, even to fall in love with education, if that's possible for them at the, at the time. I'm going to ask you a difficult question, Jack. How do you think you can do better in your tutoring? Oh, so many things. You know, um, I'm terrible for being organised. 
Um, I am. That's one way to put it. <laughs> just in general, not not describing you, but just saying that you're disorganized. I'm terrible at being organized. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you know, and and I'm really terrible at at sticking with things. So I am very comfortable in my role when I am only with a student for five weeks because. It's a, there's a short target, you know, there's an easily, not not easily as in we just rock up and it's fine, but there's a really short term goal. And so when it gets to longer term students and, you know, I'm starting to get to the point now where like some of my singing students, which is what I do as well outside Minaj, you know, they're they're going on to their next grade now. And that's, you know, that's great. But also that's the longest, you know, time I've ever really been tutoring because like I said before I tend to just move around from year to year so I never stay in that place for long enough so yeah the the staying power of of tutoring is something that I'm learning to do at the moment and it's difficult and you know some days I don't think I can keep doing it and I just want to pack my bags and find a beach somewhere in Chile or somewhere and you know take my dog and have a lovely time um but I'm learning to kind of be a bit more of a grown up, I think, and and you know, and and to learn to be okay with slow progress, which is you know something that is hard <laughs> for me. Yeah, hard in general, I think, especially yeah, especially when we're taught about you know quick wins and we're taught about um, you know making swift progress, especially. Uh, for students at school when perhaps others around them, you know, peers are, are, are moving forward very fast, getting to the end of their worksheet or their exercise before the end of the lesson, asking to do more. So that's that's another pressure, isn't it, on education is, is the speed at which we're, we're told or we're at least shown to improve. Um, and and I, I assume, yeah, that that's, that, that can be, that can be a really, a really tricky part. I, it certainly was for me when, when I was a student, the idea that yeah. everyone else was moving faster than I was. Um, and if you're being taken out of the classroom because of bad behavior or because you keep interjecting or not, you know, not concentrating, then your progress just slows, doesn't it? And you just start to feel that, that you can't make any progress because everything you do seems to be punished. Um, so perhaps without wanting to put words in your mouth, perhaps becoming doing interventions, you learn that that slow progress is, is just as effective as, as swift progress. Yeah, I think so. I think you've pointed to two things there. You know, we talk about the virtuous cycle of learning on the on the four part course, which sounds very grand, but really it means that, you know, once you learn that you can do something and you love it, you want to do it again and you want to keep doing it. And gradually you foster that love of learning just because it's it's enjoyable. Right. And the same thing is true in the opposite direction if you're someone who struggles with learning and you're constantly being met by barriers and you're constantly being removed and you're you don't feel like you're being given support yeah because remember when a student is being difficult to the point where they're removed from a classroom what they're saying is I can't do this I need help something really bad is going on or something I feel is really bad is going on in my life and I need you to help me because you're an adult it's not you know, it's not a it's not a want or a need to be the worst person in the school, right? But as that cycle continues, they get more and more disengaged and disenfranchised with the system of adults who are around them who they feel like don't care for them. So that further widens the gap, you know, their their personal gap between themselves and education because the you know the more the more that push happens, the further the wedge drives in, the harder it is to recover that space. And I can't remember what the other thing was. 
but there you go. <laughs> but that's enough. And then that'll, that's, the, yeah, slow progress there. Yeah, slow progress is, is, is really important and difficult. And there you go. Thank you. Being an excellent host there and prompting me. Um, you know, it's just, just being able to be is a really difficult skill, which sounds very om namaste, which I fully approve of. But, you know, um, being able to be comfortable with who you are and where you are on your journey in big air quotes that you can't see because it's a podcast and, you know, who you are and and how you feel about things just actually coping with that as an adult is difficult so coping it with a, a as a teenager is even more difficult because those feelings are all new to you for the first time and you're within a system that is kind of rolling onwards and onwards and onwards and maybe you feel like you can't keep up with that and actually you know you're okay you're okay. just exactly where you are is fine because you know there's no doubt that you're doing the best in the circumstances that you found yourself in what a lovely message. Thank you, Jack. Another one to add to the list from this <laughs> podcast. So to to round things off here, because that's that's been there's so much in there. Um and you know, we want to give people time to digest and absorb what they've heard there. Um what what one message would you have for tutors who are about to start working with students who are disengaged from, from school? Don't assume. I don't like to do don'ts but don't, don't assume anything, you know? Um, this is actually, a, this is a stolen from Brian, Brian Mayer of Nudge Education. Um, but, you know, that ask them what they need. <laughs> you know, don't, don't assume that you know, just ask them what they need. They will tell you. And if they don't tell you straight away, they'll show you, you know, with how they're behaving. So, you know, don't assume, ask, ask them what they need because they will be able to let you know somehow. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you for that. If you would like, that's now two Nudge Education tutors that we've had uh, consecutively on this podcast. Last week was 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 Claire Smith, who gave us uh, an equally as as absorbing and informative and, and thought provoking uh, podcast as that on on um, her role as head of education in, in a number of, of prisons. So do go and listen to that if you if you haven't already, or if you'd like to listen back over it. I have certainly. A number of times you learn something new every time um thank you to jack uh as i said if you'd like to hear more from jack he he lives in and around the qt community as well as as well as uh in, in brighton um and uh he alluded jack alluded to there on the, the kind of some of the teachings and learnings we have on the on, on the four-part course which is um our cpd accredited uh, online uh, training course for, for tutors so you can go and check that out on our on our website qualifiedtutor.org slash training so those those are your next steps um but thank you very much jack uh, thank you ludo lovely ludo as you shall hands <laughs> off me name i knew you'd try and shoehorn that in again <laughs> jack came up with lovely ludo on a, on a recent training course workshop um it would appear it's stuck um so thank you to jovial jack uh, and we'll see all you lovely listeners uh, again for our next episode. Cheerio then. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Qualified Tutor Podcast. Whether you're a regular listener of this podcast or you've just stumbled across it, join the Qualified Tutor Podcast group within the Qualified Tutor community 
to stay up to date with our latest news, offers, workshops, and of course, simply to meet other tutors like you. Whatever your level as a tutor, our training courses will be the next step in your professional development. Visit qualifiedtutor.org training to find out more about our CPD accredited and Ofqual recognised courses, the first of their kind in the tutoring industry. Your student deserves the best tutor possible. Make that happen today by joining Qualified Tutor.